an act establishing the Maharlika Investment Fund, providing for the management, investment, and use of the proceeds of the fund and for other purposes. This is Senate number 1670, introduced by Senator Mark A. Villar. Explanatory note. It is the duty of the government to ensure that our country will attain economic transformation, growth, and sustainability. This can be attained by enacting a law that will be a powerful tool for sustaining high-impact infrastructure projects, urban and rural development, agricultural support, and other initiatives that would increase income and economic activity in the Philippines. Thus, this Maharlika Investment Fund Bill should be passed for the achievement of the country's economic goals. Under the proposed measure, the establishment of the Maharlika Investment Fund, as well as the management, investment, and use of its proceeds shall adhere to the principles of good governance, transparency, and accountability. The fund will be sourced from the investable funds of the Land Bank of the Philippines, Development Bank of the Philippines, national government from the declared dividends of the Banco Central ng Pilipinas and other sources of funds as provided in the bill. The Maharlika Investment Corporation shall be established to govern and manage the fund. The corporation shall act as a vehicle for the purpose of mobilizing and utilizing the fund for investments and transactions that will enable the fund to reap optimal returns on investments while contributing to the overall goal of reinvigorating job creation and poverty reduction. There shall also be created a Maharlika Investment Fund Joint Congressional Oversight Committee to oversee, monitor, and evaluate the implementation of the proposed measure. All documents of the fund and the corporation shall be open, available, and accessible to the public. Graft and corrupt practices shall not be tolerated and those who engage in such acts shall be penalized given the foregoing. The approval of this bill is earnestly sought. Mark Villar. Section 1. Title. This act shall be known as the Maharlika Investment Fund Act. Section 2. Declaration of Policy. It is the policy of the state to create jobs, promote trade and investments, foster technological transformation, strengthen connectivity, expand infrastructure, achieve energy and food security. The state recognizes the vital role of various investments in financial assets in promoting economic growth, accelerating job creation, and improving the welfare of Filipinos. The state acknowledges the need to preserve and optimize the use of government financial assets and promote intergenerational management thereof for macroeconomic stability. Towards this end, the state shall establish an independent Maharlika Investment Fund by investing national funds and coordinating and strengthening the investment activities of the country's top-performing government financial institutions to promote economic growth and social development. Article 1, Definition of Terms, Section 3, Definition of Terms, as used in this Act, Letter A, Advisory Body, refers to the body established under this Act 
which shall provide guidance, counsel, and advice to the Board of Directors of the Mahardika Investment Corporation. Letter B, Board of Directors or Board refers to the governing body of the Mahardika Investment Corp Corporation. Letter C, founding government financial institutions, founding GFIs, refer to the Land Bank of the Philippines, LBP, and the Development Bank of the Philippines, DBP. Letter D, funding sources, refers to the investment required of the founding GFIs, the national government, Philippine Amusement and Gaming Corporation, PAGCOR, declared dividends of the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, BSP, and such other sources that may contribute to finance the Mahardika Investment Fund. Letter E, independent director, refers to a person who is independent of management and the controlling shareholder and is free from any business or other relationship which could or could reasonably be perceived to materially interfere with his exercise of independent judgment in carrying out his responsibilities as a director. Letter F, Maharlika Investment Fund, MIF, or fund, refers to the fund created under this act. Letter G, Maharlika Investment Corporation, MIC, refers to the state investment body created under this act which shall be responsible for the overall governance and management of the MIF. Letter H, Santiago Principles, refers to the 24 generally accepted principles and practices or the GAPP, GAP, voluntarily endorsed by the International Forum of Sovereign Wealth Funds, IFSWF, members. The GAP for Sovereign Wealth Funds are designed as guidelines that assign best practices for the operations of SWFs. They are the rules followed by SWF or the Sovereign Wealth Funds that promote stability in the global financial system set proper controls on investment risk, and implement sound governance structure. Article 2, Maharlika Investment Fund, Section 4, Establishment of the Maharlika Investment Fund. There is hereby created a MIF, an independent fund, that adheres to the principles of good governance, transparency, and accountability. Initially, the fund shall be sourced from the investable funds of select GFIs, from contributions of the national government, from the declared dividends of the BSP, and other sources of funds as provided in this Act. The fund shall be used to invest on a strategic and commercial basis in a manner designed to promote fiscal stability for economic development and strengthen the top-performing GFIs through additional investment platforms that will help attain the national government's priority plans. Section 5, Ownership of the Maharlika Investment Fund. The legal ownership of the MIF shall pertain to the fund investors in proportion to their contributions. Section 6, Objectives of the Maharlika Investment Fund. The objectives of MIF are to promote economic development by making strategic and profitable investments in key sectors to preserve and enhance long-term value of the fund, obtain the optimal absolute return and achievable financial gains on its investments and to satisfy the requirements of liquidity, safety, security, and yield in order to ensure profitability. 
in pooling the investment funds from the GFIs and channeling them to diversified financial assets and development projects, the MIC's activity shall contribute to a prudent and transparent management of the government resources. Article 3, Maharlika Investment Corporation, Section 7, Establishment of the Maharlika Investment Corporation. There is hereby created the MIC, an independent corporate body that shall act as a vehicle for the purpose of mobilizing and utilizing the MIF for investments in transactions that will enable the fund to reap optimal returns on investments, ROIs, while contributing to the overall goal of reinvigorating job creation and poverty reduction by steering the economy back to its high growth path. The MIC shall govern and manage the fund in accordance with the objectives and purposes set forth in this act, and it shall adhere to internationally accepted standards of transparency and accountability. In addition to the codes of ethical standards and proper conduct that the board shall establish, the corporation shall abide by the fit and proper rule under the Implementing Rules and Regulations of Republic Act Number no. 2629 of the Investment Company Act Ethical Standards under the Securities Regulation Code and Ethical Standards set by the International Organization of Securities Commissions and other significant international organizations of investment entities. All transactions of the MIC shall abide by the arm's length principle and the prudent person rule. The provisions of Republic Act No. 8799 or Securities Regulation Code Republic Act No. 8791 or the General Banking Law, Republic Act No. 2629 or the Investment Company Act, the respective implementing rules and regulations and other relevant laws, rules, regulations, and issuances by regulating authorities governing transactions with and among directors, officers, stockholders, and related interests shall apply to the MIC. Section 8, Place of Business. The MIC shall have its principal place of business in Metro Manila, but may maintain branches, agencies, and correspondence in such other places within and without the Philippines as the proper conduct of its business may require. Section 9, Corporate Powers. The MIC is hereby authorized to adopt, alter, and use a corporate seal which shall be judicially noticed to enter into contracts, to lease or own real and personal property, and to sell or otherwise dispose of the same, to sue and be sued, and otherwise to do and perform any and all things that may be necessary or proper to carry out the purposes of this act. The MIC may acquire and hold such assets and incur such liabilities in connection with its operations authorized by the provisions of this act, or as are essential to the proper conduct of such operations. The MIC may compromise or release in whole or in part any claim of or settled liability to the MIC, regardless of the amount involved under such terms and conditions as may be prescribed by the board upon favorable recommendation of the advisory body to protect the interests of the MIC and the integrity of the MIF. Section 10, Functions of the Mahardika Investment Corporation. In carrying out its objectives and functions, the MIC shall, letter A, establish a diversified portfolio of investments in the local and global financial markets and in other assets that promote the objective of the fund. Letter B, manage and invest the initial and future contributions to the fund in accordance with this act. Letter C, accept and manage investment mandates whose investment purpose is to increase income for development goals. Letter D, develop and foster skills in finance, economics, 
risk mitigation, good governance, and other related areas consistent with the capacity and cap capabilities build up of human resources in the industry. And letter E, implement international best practices in investing and managing assets in accordance with the internationally accepted standards and principles of transparency and accountability. Section 11, capitalization and funding. The initial capitalization shall be sourced as follows. LBP, Land Bank of the Philippines, 50 billion pesos. DBP, 25 billion pesos. Each founding GFI may increase its investment above the required equity contribution. The founding GFIs shall be entitled to prudential and other regulatory reliefs as may be determined by the BSP to promote the financial soundness of these financial institutions while contributing to the overall objective of the MIF. Investment of contributors may be in the form of marketable or convertible securities and other forms as may be determined by the board, provided that security or debt instruments issued by the MIC to GFI shall be guaranteed by the national government, provided further that all other instruments of MIC shall be subject to laws, rules, and regulations on the contracting of debt and issuance of guarantees by GFIs. Other GFIs and government-owned or controlled corporations, GOCCs, may be authorized to contribute to the MIF subject to their respective investment and risk management strategies. Additional funding may likewise be sourced from investments of private financial institutions and corporations as may be determined by the board. The manner of attribution of equity, such as units of participation due to subsequent contributions to the fund, shall be determined in the implementing rules and regulations of this act. Subsequent annual contributions to the fund shall be provided as follows. One. For the first and second fiscal year upon effectivity of this act, the BSP shall remit 100% of its declared dividends as computed under RA number 7653 as amended by RA number 11211 to the fund. In the succeeding fiscal years, the BSP shall remit 50% of its declared dividends to the fund and the remaining 50% to the national government to fund the increase in the capitalization of BSP in accordance with Section 2 of RA number 7653 as amended by RA number 11211 until the increase in the capitalization of BSP has been fully paid. Thereafter, the BSP shall remit 100% of its declared dividends to the fund. Number 2. PAGCOR and other government-owned gaming operators shall contribute at least 10% of gross gaming revenue streams created after the effectivity of this act. Number three, other sources such as royalties and or special assessments on natural resources based on the fiscal regime to be implemented by the national government proceeds from privatization of government assets and borrowing by the MIF. The foregoing annual contribution shall be subject to the automatic review of the Secretary of Finance every five years, taking into consideration the adequacy of the fund in relation to the objectives of this act, the fiscal condition of the national government, the condition of the investing GFIs, GOCCs, and other government entities in relation to their exposure to the fund and the overall economic environment. Under no circumstances shall the GOCCs providing for the social security of government employees 
private sectors, workers, and employees, and other sectors and subsectors such as but not limited to the government service insurance system, social security system, and home development mutual fund be requested or required to contribute to the MIF. To protect the retirement and other social security benefits of their members, no part of the funds of said GOCC shall accrue to the MIF. Section 12, Administrative and Operational Expenses of the Maharlika Investment Corporation. The board of the MIC is authorized to disburse from the fund such amounts as may be necessary for administrative and operating expenses, the total of which shall not exceed 2% of funds managed provided that the Board of Directors shall set annual targets to reduce operating and administrative expenses as a share of funds managed, provided further that the Secretary of Finance may reduce the allowed expense ratio. For the initial operations of the MIC, the Board of Directors is authorized to disburse for its administrative and operating expenses at a total amount not exceeding 2% of its initial capitalization. Article 4, Investments, Section 13. Allowable investments. Subject to strict compliance with investment and risk management guidelines, the Board of Directors of the MIC shall authorize the following investments. Letter A, cash, foreign currencies, metals, and other tradable commodities. B, fixed income instruments issued by sovereigns, quasi-sovereigns, and supranational. Letter C, domestic and foreign corporate bonds. D, Listed or unlisted equities, whether common, preferred, or hybrids. E. Islamic investments such as sukuk bonds. F. Joint ventures or co-investments. G. Mutual and exchange-traded funds invested in underlying assets. H. Commercial real estate and infrastructure projects. I. Loans and guarantees to or participation into joint ventures or consortiums with Filipino and foreign investors whether in the majority or minority position in commercial, industrial, mining, agricultural, housing, energy, and other enterprises which may be necessary or contributory to the economic development of the country or important to the public interest, and J, other investments as may be approved by the Board of Directors. Investments in real estate, infrastructure, and other development projects whether alone or in partnership with other corporate entities shall be limited to National Economic Development Authority Board approved major capital projects to ensure that these are in line with the socio-economic development program of the government. Subject to the rules and regulations to be promulgated by the MIC Board of Directors, the advice of the advisory body shall be sought by the same Board of Directors in case of transactions such as investments and spending that will affect one the balance of payments two monetary aggregates like those which impact domestic liquidity and reserve money in no case shall the mic acquire a controlling stake in its investee entities in investee entities where the mic acquires a position the mic may participate in corporate governance and policy making at the level of the board of directors or trustees of the investee entity but shall not be directly or actively involved in its day-to-day -day management and operations. Section 14. Prohibited investments. In no case shall the MIC in whatever manner or device invest in the following. A. Activities and investments related to an entities with a record of commission of human rights violations, including but not limited to indigenous peoples, farmers, fisher folks, and labor. 
B. Activities and investments related to incorporations involved in the production of cluster munitions, nuclear arms, intercontinental ballistic missiles, and similar technolo technologies and equipment. C. Activities and investment resulting in corporations with a record of serious degradation of the environment. And D. Similar activities, investments, and corporations. Section 15. Investment policy. The Board of Directors shall formulate written policies in relation to the following matters. A. Directions on the acceptable balance between risk and return of the overall portfolio. B. Investment policies, mandates, strategies, and guidelines on financing infrastructure projects, and other investments. C. Risk management for the investments. D. Standards for assessing the investment performance. E. Matters relating to international best practices for institutional investments. F. Matters specific to rules and regulations where investments are domiciled. G. Procedural framework and cooperation among investors including fund commitments, co-investments, voting requirements, exit mechanisms, and other matters pertaining to the pooling of funds and the management thereof, H, matters relating to the procedure for assessing, deploying, and liquidating investments, and I, all other matters needed to be discussed to guarantee compliance with the objectives of the MIF. In the formulation of its investment policies, the Board of Directors shall be guided by the principle that priority must be given to investing in government infrastructure and other developmental projects which would yield the highest return on investment coupled with the developmental impact of lower cost of living and lower cost of basic commodities. The Board of Directors shall ensure that policies formulated are consistent with the objectives of the fund and the same shall be subject to periodic review, provided that should a particular sub-fund remain unprofitable for a period of three years, said sub-fund shall be closed. Section 16, Limitations and Safeguards on the Maharlika Investment Fund. The management of the MIF shall be subject to a set of investment policies, guidelines, and risk management limits and procedures as approved by the Board of Directors upon due consideration of the recommendations of the advisory body. Investment and risk management strategies of the MIC shall be in line with the policies and objectives here understated to ensure the long-term viability of the fund. Section 17, Fees and Charges on the Establishment of the Maharlika Investment Fund. Third-party fees and all charges incurred in connection with the establishment and effective management of the MIF, such as custody fees, transaction fees, clearing fees, and management fees payable to external fund managers shall be charged against the MIF in accordance with applicable policies on fund disbursements. Section 18. Withdrawals. Subject to the exit mechanism guidelines to be set by the Board of Directors and concurred by the advisory body, withdrawals from the fund shall be made only after at least five years of investment activities. The notice period for any withdrawal is one year or shortened as determined by the Board of Directors. The capital of the MIC shall not be withdrawn if its effect would be to diminish the MIF to an amount less than the real value of the MIF at its inception. Article 5, Governance, Section 19, Board of Directors. There shall be 15 members of the Board of Directors composed as follows. A. The Secretary of Finance shall sit as the chairperson. B. Chief Executive Officer of the MIC. C. President of LBP. D. President of the DBP. E. Six regular members representing the contributors to the fund with the seats distributed in proportion to their corresponding investments. And F. Five independent directors from the private sector the academic, business sector, and investment sector. 
the independent director shall be chosen by the advisory body. The advisory body shall ensure that the selected members of the board of directors are with proven probity, competence, expertise, and experience in finance, economics, investments, business management, or law, and are highly capable to contribute to the attainment of the objectives and purposes of the MIF. The regular members of the board of directors shall be citizens of the Philippines at least 35 years of age and must be of good moral standing and reputation of recognized probity and independence and have substantial experience and expertise in any of the following. 1. Corporate governance and administration. 2. Investment in financial assets. Or 3. Management of investments in the global and local market. The specific guidelines in this section, including the rules on appointment, election, and termination of membership in the Board of Directors, shall be provided in the implement, implementing rules and regulations of this Act. Section 20, Powers and Functions of the Board of Directors. The primary function of the Board of Directors is to govern and manage the MIC, its assets and investments, in accordance with this Act. As the specific functions of the Board of Directors shall include the following, A, to direct the management and operations and administration of the MIC, B, to approve and implement the investment and risk management guidelines and such other investment policies, guidelines, and parameters to effectively carry out the purposes of this Act, C, to set minimum criteria and targets for investments, D, to oversee the investment processes which may include asset allocation, portfolio construction, monitoring, and risk management. E, to approve the issuance of debt and debt-like instruments. F, to develop strategies short, medium, and long-term appropriate for investments. G, to regularly meet and consult with the advisory body. H, to engage and or appoint an international advisory consultant council whose main responsibility is to advise the board of directors on its development strategy and investment business, equip executives and management with insights on geopolitical and macroeconomic issues, international financial market conditions, and global investment trends. I, to engage external fund managers and investment advisors as may be necessary to manage the MIF. J, to include the to exclusively determine the organizational structure, staffing pattern, and number of personnel of the MIC, define their duties and responsibilities, and fix their compensation and other emoluments, including bonuses and the performance bonus authorized under Section 28 of this Act, notwithstanding any provisions of law, rules and regulations, issuances to the contrary. K, to exclusively prescribe a system for performance standards and evaluation for officials and employees of MIC. L, to exclusively set the criteria and procedures for termination of employment of officials and employees for 1. Gross violation of the provision in this Act or investment policies and guidelines set by the Board of Directors. 2. Commission of Acts inimical to the MIF or the Republic of the Philippines, such as any losses suffered by the fund caused by negligence, willful misconduct, fraud, or actions in breach of any investment agreement, and or three, failure to meet performance standards set by the Board of Directors. 
M, to appoint key and critical officials and employees as may be necessary to assist the board of directors in carrying out its functions, and to submit semestral reports on investment performance to the advisory body and to the President of the Republic of the Philippines. O, to review and certify the MIC, MIF financial statements. P, act as trustee of the MIF and such other assets as may be assigned to it and direct how its assets are managed. Q, to constitute, to constitute an audit committee which shall recommend to the board of directors and to the shareholders during the annual shareholders meeting the engagement of an external auditor and oversee the internal and external audits mandated under this act and are to perform other functions, duties, and responsibilities necessary, related and incidental to the performance of the above-mentioned powers and functions. Section 21. Duties and qualifications of the chief executive officer. The chief executive officer or the CEO shall direct and supervise the operations and internal administration of the MIC and shall be charged with the risk management, financial performance, human resources, accounting and legal affairs of the corporation. Such powers and duties include number one, prepare the agenda for the meetings of the board of directors and to submit for the consideration of the board of directors the policies and measures which are necessary to carry out the purposes and provisions of this act to execute and administer the policies and measures approved by the board of directors three develop the mic's business prospects by studying economic trends and revenue opportunities projects acquisition and expansion prospects and oversee financial performance and risk profiles while ensuring that all of regulatory obligations are met. Four, appoint and fix the remunerations and other emoluments of ranked and file employees and other personal not holding key and critical positions in accordance with the position and compensation plans approved by the board, as well as to impose disciplinary measures upon personnel of the MIC provided that the removal of personnel shall be with the approval of the board and five exercise such other powers as may be vested by the board. The CEO in charge, in the discharge of its function, may delegate certain of his administrative responsibilities to other officers of the MIC. The CEO shall work closely with the executive management and the board and must have one exceptional experience and expertise in corporate management, financial planning strategy, strategic planning and vision, market and business development, budget development. Two, has at least 10 years management experience, including extensive commercial lending, credit administration experience. Three, in-depth understanding of the industry, including risk management compliance, and regulatory requirements and for strategic knowledge of cash flow and capital planning management. Section 22, duties and qualifications of the chief investment and operating officer. The chief investment and operating officers or CIOO is responsible for regular administration duties of all investment files, communicating investment strategy and policies, managing and developing a team of financial analysts and investment professionals, supervising risk management across portfolios and that sound investment policies are followed, 
the CIOO must have a degree in finance or a relevant experience in the field and has proven expertise in managing a team of financial analysts and investment professionals. Section 23, Quorum and Meetings of the Board. The Board of Directors shall meet at least once every month from the effectivity of this act. It may hold special meetings to consider urgent matters upon call of the chairperson or upon initiative of at least two members of the board of directors. In order to constitute a quorum in board meetings, a majority of the total membership of the board of directors, at least eight members shall be present. The approval by a majority of all members of the board of directors or at least eight members shall be required to constitute a decision of the board of directors. The Board of Directors shall man maintain and preserve a complete record of the proceedings and deliberations of the Board of Directors, including the tapes and transcripts of the stenographic notes, either in the original form or in microfilm. The meetings of the Board of Directors may be conducted through modern technologies such as teleconferencing and video conferencing. Section 24. Compensation of the Chairperson and Members of the Board of Directors. The chairperson and the members of the board of directors shall be entitled to honoraria and or other reasonable allowances and or per diem for each meeting actually attended and shall be reimbursed for actual and reasonable expenses incurred in the performance of their duties and functions. The rate of the per diem shall be fixed by the board of directors. The maximum per diem per regular or special board meeting actually attended provided to members of the board of directors shall be based on the size of the corporation but not to exceed the maximum annual amount as received by members of the monetary board of the BSP. The salary of the independent directors of the board of directors from the private sector shall be fixed based on the rules set under Section 28 of this Act. Section 25, Risk Management Unit. In accordance with the manner provided in the bylaws of the MIC, the Board of Directors shall organize a risk management unit composed of five members as follows. One professional with proven competence and experience in finance, economics, investment, business, management, or law, and must exhibit independence and objectivity. And four members consisting of two senior executives of the MIC, one independent director, and one auditor. The risk management unit shall ensure that the MIC is taking the appropriate measure to achieve a prudent balance between risk and reward in both ongoing and new business activities, taking careful consideration of risk identification, risk measurement and assessment, risk mitigation, risk reporting and monitoring, and risk governance towards a risk-informed approach to the capitalization of the MIC. Section 26, Advisory Body. An advisory body is hereby created which shall be composed of the Secretary of the Department of Budget and Management, the Secretary of National Economic Development Authority, and two members from the private sector, the President of the Philippine Stock Exchange and the President of the Bankers Association of the Philippines. Section 27, Powers and Functions of the Advisory Body. The advisory body shall exercise the following powers and functions. A. Advise and assist the board of directors in the formulation of the general policies related to investment and risk management and other matters as may be necessary to carry out the provisions and purposes of this act 
B. Advise and provide guidance on issues pertaining or related to the plans and projects of the MIF. And C. Perform other functions, duties, and responsibilities as it may deem necessary. The advisory body shall not take part in the management or control of the MIF. Article 6. Rewards, Incentives, and Termination. Section 28. Rewards and Incentives. The officials, employees, and staff of the MIC shall be entitled to honoraria, performance bonus, or any similar performance-based compensation as may be determined by the Board of Directors and, and as approved by the President of the Philippines, taking into consideration, among others, the performance of the fund, the performance of the individual employee or officer, and industry standards and practices. The criteria for the grant of rewards and incentives shall be determined in the implementing rules and regulations, including the formula for the computation of any amount that will be granted to the board of directors, officials, employees, and staff of the MIC. Considering the nature of the fund's intended investments, the criteria and formulation shall consider long-term performance of the fund, acquisition and retention of talent, and the rates of comparators. Section 29, effect of separation. Notwithstanding the separation of an official or employee from MIC, the provision of Section 28 shall apply to the performance bonus that said officer or employee is entitled to receive on account of actual performance by the separated official or employee during the period covered by the performance bonus. Article 7, Exemptions and Privileges. Section 13. Exemptions from the GOCC Governance Act of 2011. The President of the Republic of the Philippines recognizes the strict requirements set for the GFIs forming the MIC in that they have higher standards of knowledge and expertise in the field of finance, economics, risk, and governance, and that there is a need for flexibility to operate, function, employ, and retain employees to ensure the successful implementation of the goals of the MIC. In this regard, MIC shall be exempted from the coverage and all of the provisions of the Republic Act Number no. 10149 or the GOCC Governance Act of 2011, except Section 15 in accordance with Section 19E of this Act, 1925 and 26, on the fiduciary duties of the board and officers, full disclosure and special audit. Section 31. Tax exemptions. Any existing law to the contrary notwithstanding, the following transactions and assets of the MIC and MIF shall be exempt from local and national taxes, direct and indirect, that may be imposed under the Local Government Code of 1991 and the National Internal Revenue Code of 1997, as amended pursuant to the regulations to be issued by the Department of Finance upon recommendation of the Bureau of Internal Revenue, a. All funds, assets, and properties. B. All revenues, income, or investment earnings, as well as accruals thereto. And C. Purchase of supplies, equipment, papers, or documents. Importation of supplies and equipment by the MIC and MIF shall be exempt from customs duties in accordance with the provisions of Republic Act Number no. 10863, otherwise known as the Customs Modernization and Tariff Act provided that the exemptions granted herein shall be utilized actually directly, exclusively, and solely for the transactions of the MIC and MIF as distinct legal entities.
and not for the purposes of its executives, employees, third parties, and other distinct taxable entities. Section 32, exemptions from the Government Procurement Reform Act, notwithstanding any law or rules, regulations, or other issuances to the contrary, the procurement or engagement of the professional or technical services needed in the selection of investments authorized under Section 10 of this Act, such as fund management, investment and analysis and advisory underwriting, securities brokerage and dealership, capital market and equity research analysis, and other similar services necessary in the selection of allowable investments under Section 13 of this Act, shall be exempted from the provisions of Republic Act Number 9184, or the Government Procurement Reform Act and its implementing rules and regulations. The competitive selection process and guidelines for the foregoing procurement or engagement of the professional and technical services shall be approved by the MIC Board. Section 33, Exemption from the Salary Standardization Act. The officers and employees of the MIC shall be exempt from the provisions of Republic Act Number no. 6758, otherwise known as the Salary Standardization Act and succeeding laws on salary standardization notwithstanding any law or rules, regulations, or other issuances to the contrary, the compensation of the officers and key personnel of the MIC shall be set based on an objective classification consistent with international standards for compensating investment management professionals, managing global assets, taking into consideration the importance and responsibilities attached to their respective positions. Section 34. Designation and secondment. For the five years of its operation, the MIC Board, upon the recommendation of the CEO, shall authorize GFI, then executive personnel, to the MIC, as may be necessary subject to existing guidelines on secondment of the Civil Service Commission. The designation of the respective GFI's personnel to the MIC involved the imposition of additional and or higher duties to be performed by said personnel, for the MIC is temporary and can be terminated anytime at the pleasure of the appointing officer or authority. Designated personnel shall continue to receive their salaries, benefits, and emoluments from their respective offices or agencies. The secondment of the GFI's personnel to the MIC involves the movement of said personnel from their mother agencies and offices to the MIC, which is temporary in nature which may or may not require the issuance of an appointment and which may or may not involve increase in compensation and benefits. Seconded personnel shall receive in lieu of their respective compensation from their respective agencies or offices, the salaries, emoluments, and all other benefits which their positions are entitled to receive from the MIC. Article 8, Distribution of Net Profits. Section 35. Distribution of the net profits of the Maharlika Investment Fund Corporation. In lieu of taxes and dividend remittance to the national government, at least 25% of the net profits of the MIC shall be directly distributed in the form of poverty and subsistence subsidies to families falling below the poverty threshold as determined by the Philippine Statistics Authority, PSA, beginning with the 18.1% of the population or 19.99 million Filipinos living below the poverty threshold of about 12,030 pesos per month for a family of five per the 2021 Family Income and Expenditure Survey of the PSA, provided that the remainder of the net profits shall be remitted to the national government to be earmarked 
for social welfare programs and projects, including infrastructure projects, provided further that the share of the net profits remitted to the national government shall not exceed the proportion of investments to the total fund attributable to the national government. Section 36, Computation of Profits and Losses of the MIC. The profits and losses of the MIC shall be recognized in its books. The recognition of profits and losses of the MIC shall be attributable to the GFIs and investors, who shall be subject to their respective accounting and auditing procedures. Article 9, Financial Reporting Framework and Audit of Records. Section 37. Financial Reporting Framework. The financial statements and reports shall be prepared upon the advice of the advisory body in accordance with pertinent provisions of this Act and its implementing rules and regulations and international financial reporting standards and principles. Section 38. Engagement of an internal auditor. The Board shall appoint an internal auditor who shall provide written interim financial and management reports as requested by the advisory body. The internal auditor shall be independent from the management of the MIC and shall be under the direct control and supervision of the board of directors. The CEO shall ensure that the internal auditor, including his staff, shall have access to all documents and information pertinent to the audit. Section 39, Engagement of an External Auditor. The board of directors shall engage for each accounting period or as soon as practicable after the commencement of the relevant accounting period an internationally recognized auditing firm to be the external auditor of the fund and to audit its financial statements. The external auditor shall A, be engaged annually, B, be eligible for re-engagement, and C, hold office on such term and conditions as are determined by the board of directors. Section 40, audit by the commission on audit. The books and accounts of the MIC shall be subject to the examination and audit of the commission of audit or the COA Pursuant to Article 9 of the 1987 Philippine Constitution, all financial transactions shall be governed by the applicable government laws, rules, and regulations. The COA shall prescribe the guidelines of the audit of the MIC and the fund under its management in accordance with international best practices. In defining the scope of its audit, the COA shall coordinate with the external auditor as provided under Section 37 of this Act. Section 41. Disposal of Assets. Notwithstanding any law, rules, regulations, or other issuances to the contrary, the disposal by MIC pursuant to its mandate and functions of shares, securities, and other interests and investments shall not be covered by existing laws and regulations on disposal of government assets. The aforementioned financial assets shall be considered as forming part of MIC's inventory of assets held in the regular course of its business activities. Article 10. Reports and records section 42 oversight committee there shall be created a maharlika investment fund joint congressional oversight committee or mif jcoc to oversee monitor and evaluate the implementation of this act the mif jcoc shall be composed of five members each from the house of representatives and the senate the mif jcoc shall be co-chaired by the chairpersons of the House Committee on Banks and Financial Intermediaries and the Senate Committee on Banks, Financial Institution and Currencies, the Speaker and Senate President shall designate the other four members of the MIFJCOC of the House and the Senate from among the members on the House Committee on Banks and Financial Intermediaries and the Senate Committee on Banks, Financial Institutions and Currencies, at least one member of which shall be from the minority. Section 43, 
right to freedom of information of the public. All documents of the MIF and the MIC shall be open, available, accessible to the public, including but not limited to letter A, all investment thereof, whether planned or undergoing negotiation by the MIC and on the portfolio of the MIF, B, the statement of assets and liabilities, sell ends of the members and officials of the board of directors, risk management unit and advisory board, C, the sell ends of those who appointed and designated the said members and officials, D, audit documents from the internal auditor, external auditor, and the COA, and E, similar documents and information. Section 44, provision for access, rights, and retention period of records. The records on the MIC pertaining to its investment activities shall be secured and maintained pursuant to the rules of the National Archives of the Philippines, the disclosure rules under Republic Act Number no. 8799, or the Securities Regulation Code, Republic Act Number no. 11232, or the Revised Corporation Code, and other relevant laws. Rules and regulations shall apply to the MIC. The MIC shall be covered by Executive Order Number no. 2, Series of 2016, Section 45, Reports of government financial institutions to stakeholders government financial institutions with investments in the mic shall include the performance of their investments a risk assessment of their exposure and strategies to manage such risks and other relevant information in their annual reports section 46 compliance with santiago principles the audits required under this article shall include an assessment of the implementation of the Santiago principles and recommendations to improve compliance with such principles. Article 11, Offenses and Penalties. Section 47, Violation of Disqualification Provision. Penalties, when despite the knowledge of the existence of a ground for disqualifications as provided in Section 19 and Section 22 of this Act, a director or officer willfully holds office or willfully conceals such disqualification. Such director, trustee, or officer shall be punished with a fine ranging from 10,000 pesos to 200,000 pesos at the discretion of the court and shall be permanently disqualified from being a director or officer of the board of directors. When the violation of this provision is injurious or detrimental to the public, the penalty shall be a fine ranging from 20,000 pesos to 400,000 pesos. Section 48. Internal Auditor Collusion Penalties An independent internal auditor who, in collusion with the corporation's directors or representatives, certifies the corporation's financial statements. Despite its incompleteness or inaccuracy, its failure to give a fair and accurate presentation of the corporation's condition or despite containing false or misleading statements, shall be punished with a fine ranging from 80,000 pesos to 500,000 pesos. When the statement or report certified is fraudulent or had the effect of causing injury to the general public, the auditor or responsible officer may be punished with a fine ranging from 100,000 pesos to 600,000 pesos. Section 49, acting as intermediaries for graft and corrupt practices. Penalties, a corporation used for fraud or for committing or concealing graft and corrupt practices as defined under pertinent statutes 
state statutes shall be liable for a fine ranging from 100,000 pesos to 5 million pesos. When there is a finding that any of its directors, officers, employees, agents, or representatives are engaged in graft and corrupt practices, the board of directors' failure to install A, safeguards for the transparent and lawful delivery of services, and B, policies, code of ethics, and procedures against graft and corruption shall be prima facie evidence of corporate liability under this section. Section 50, engaging intermediaries for graft and corrupt practices. Penalties. A corporation that appoints an intermediary who engages in graft and corrupt practices for the corporation's benefit of interest or interest shall be punished with a fine ranging from 100,000 pesos to 1 million pesos. Section 51, tolerating graft and corrupt practices, penalties a director or officer who knowingly fails to sanction, report, or file the appropriate action with proper agencies, allows or tolerates graft and corrupt practices or fraudulent act committed by a board directors, board's directors, officers, or employees shall be punished, punished with a fine ranging from 500,000 pesos to 1 million pesos. Section 52, retaliation against whistleblowers. A whistleblower refers to any person who provides truthful information relating to the commission or possible commission of any offense or violation under this code. Any person knowingly and with intent to retaliate commits acts detrimental to a whistleblower, such as interfering with the lawful employment, employment or livelihood of the whistleblower, shall at the discretion of the court be punished with a fine ranging from 100,000 pesos to 1 million pesos. Section 53, other violations of the act, separate liability. Violation of any of the provisions of this act or its amendments, not otherwise specifically penalized therein, shall be imprisonment of not less than six years, but not more than 20 years, and by a fine of not less than 1 million pesos to 3 million pesos, but not more than twice the value of the monetary instrument or property involved in the offense. Section 54, Prescription of Offenses. All offenses punishable under this act shall be prescribed in 15 years. Article 12, Miscellaneous Provision. Section 55, Implementing Rules and Regulations. Within 90 days from the effectivity of this act, the Treasurer of the Philippines in consultation with the founding GFI shall promulgate the necessary rules and regulations for the implementation of this act. Section 56, Separability Clause. If any provisions of this act are declared invalid or unconstitutional, the remaining parts or provisions not affected shall remain valid. Section 57, Repealing Clause. All acts, executive orders, administrative orders, proclamations, rules, and regulations or parts thereof inconsistent with any of the provisions of this act are hereby expressly repealed or modified accordingly. Section 100 of Republic Act Number 3844 as amended by Republic Act Number 7907. Section 26 of Executive Order Number 81, Series of 86, as amended by Republic Act Number 8523, are hereby expressly repealed and modified accordingly. Section 58, Effectivity of this Act shall take effect immediately upon its publication in the official gazette or in a newspaper of general circulation in the Philippines. Approved.